Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host Amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22-year-old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I currently go to school full-time at Concordia University studying communication studies. I also do YouTube, Instagram. I have this podcast. I'm a small business owner for two businesses and I do freelance video and podcast editing on the side. That's a little bit about me. Now this podcast, Behind the Girl Boss. What is it about? It's basically literally about the behind the scenes of what it means to be a girl boss, what it means to be a badass woman in the social media industry, in the business industry, in the acting industry, in the whatever you want to call it industry. Like literally, I love to talk to women about their journeys, how they got to where they are today, what their goals are for life, and just like things that they don't talk about a lot. And I need more women to get credit for the work that they do. So I thought this podcast would be the perfect start for that. And yeah, that's what that's what the podcast is about. If it's any interest of you, please, please, please subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And let's get into our journal prompt of the day. So today's journal prompt that I have for us is, what would I tell my future self? I feel like that's a really simple but also not simple question. I feel like I have a lot of things to tell my past self, but my future self, sometimes I'm like, huh, what would I tell myself if I can go to the future and like, be in my body and be me in the future like what would I want to tell myself so I think that's really interesting and I think there's a lot that we can talk about and there's a lot that like we can deep like dive deeper into our bodies and our minds and all those fun things so that is my journal prompt for today for you guys to write about and for myself to write about and without further ado let's get into today's episode today's topic so for today's episode we have jordan bouth with us jordan is a queen she is a professional figure skater for the royal caribbean which means she works on a cruise ship which is absolutely so cool and i was so excited to like get to know more about that and that lifestyle she also creates content on youtube and instagram she creates lifestyle and figure skating content And we had such a great conversation. Jordan has been my friend for a while now and we just kind of dove into like her figure skating experience, what it's like working on a cruise ship and her YouTube channel. So if you're interested, keep on listening and I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have another guest and we have Jordan with us. So hi, Jordan. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm amazing. Just got a facial today. (laughs) So I'm on cloud nine right now. We love that. Um, So do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself for anyone who's listening who may not know you yet? Yeah, of course. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Bouth. I am a 23-year-old content creator and also professional figure skater. So I create content on YouTube primarily and also Instagram. I'm starting to get into TikTok too, but um, that's not like my main focus. Um, And I'm also a professional figure skater, like I said, for Royal Caribbean. So when the pandemic is not you know, a thing. I skate on a cruise ship and I perform for the guests, which is a lot of fun. And my YouTube videos are basically all lifestyle based. So a lot of vlogs, I dive into fashion and obviously skating related and cruise ship related. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to get more into that. Before we kind of like start the interview process, um, I like to do a little hot seat segment to kind of just like break the ice and have some fun questions before. So what is your go-to Starbucks drink? So I kind of go in phases. I find a new fave but Mm -hmm. right now I've been obsessed with getting an iced dopio in a venti cup with almond milk and then I add the vanilla sweet cream cold foam on top what's a dopio I've never had that it's espresso so I, I believe it's two shots of espresso maybe okay and then I like to get that because it's basically like 
a latte, but you don't have to pay the same price as a latte. And you get the the um the dairy-free milk. So it's like less than four dollars for a venti. And it wow. tastes so good. Okay, yeah, because I paid like seven, eight dollars for <gasps> a latte. And no. I didn't know that existed. No, you gotta try this. And they don't I charge will. you for the the almond milk. But I Amazing. think you have they have oat milk now too, which I yeah. need to try. Yeah, we've actually, I think Canada had oat milk before you guys, because we've had it for like a year almost. Yeah, that's what I thought. We literally just got it like maybe two yeah. weeks ago. Okay, well, I'm going to try that next time because <laughs> I'm not down to pay $7 all the time. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, the next one is, who is your favorite singer? It's really hard to pick one, um, but Harry Styles is definitely at the top of the list because mm-hmm. I've been a 1D stan forever. So obviously I love him and I also really love Sam Smith and Lauv and Lonnie. Awesome. Yeah. That was a lot of lot of a lot of options. <laughs> a but. lot, but I understand. Like it's so hard to pick just one like artist because there's so many good ones. Right. And it also depends on your vibe, you know, like mm-hmm. what kind of mood you're in. Yes, 100 percent And the last one is what is a TV show you can watch over and over and never get tired of? Grey's Anatomy, because that's my all-time fave show. And New Girl. I've watched almost all of New Girl and then I watched like half of Grey's Anatomy. But like I'm not I don't like blood and stuff. So like watching that yeah. like stressed me out. Well, it's also like, I mean, I love it, but it's very repetitive because they mm-hmm. have like 17 or 18 seasons now. Yeah. And they just kill off everyone eventually. (laughs) Yeah, I've been seeing that if you're like up to date with like the new things. I've seen a lot of people just dying apparently. I don't know who they are, but. Yeah, it makes me very sad. I need like a whole (laughs) day to recover. I can imagine. (laughs) Um, So I split the podcast into sections. So we're going to start off with your figure skating experience, working on a cruise ship, your YouTube, then go into some Instagram questions. Okay, perfect. Um, so when did you start figure skating classes and why? So I started when I was about four years old, almost five. And the main reason why I started was because my mom was and is a figure skating coach. Okay. So she figure skated when she was younger. She was in Disney on ice. She played Minnie Mouse. And um, yeah, I was just always around the rink because she was mm-hmm. always coaching. And I begged my parents and one day they just let me step on the ice and it was you know, history after that. That's so cool. So um, did you ever like do any competitions when you were like, like training, I guess? Yeah, I was quite competitive my entire amateur career. I probably did my first competition when I was like five or six, I think, but I competed up until senior year of college. And I went to regional sectionals. I've gone to nationals a few times. And I also competed at the youth Olympics in 2012 in Austria that's so cool um so like what's like the typical day in the life of like a figure skater for like a competitive figure skater yeah for my schedule when I was let's say in college because I've been out of college for a couple (laughs) years now um but I was also training when I was in college as a full-time student so my typical day usually looked like it was it was crazy I would wake up super early and try to get a workout in before class and then I would drive to campus because I commuted Um, I'd have a couple classes and then I would drive to skating and practice for two to three hours with my coaches run through my programs work on all my elements and then more times than not I would have to drive back to campus for one more class and then at night I would do homework and like stretch and 
yoga and all that. So when was the moment like you knew you wanted to do this professionally and potentially as a career path? I don't know if there was an exact moment that I can think of when I remember being like, okay, yes, I want this to be my career. I think it was just kind of always in my mind as an option because I skated with people who were a lot older than me. And once they graduated high school and college, that's what they went off to do. They Mm -hmm. trained to go into the ice shows. So I kind of always knew about it, um, but it wasn't till I was a bit older and more competitive that I realized like this is exactly what I want to do when I stop competing. Did you ever like teach? Because I know you said your mom like is a figure skater, figure skater teacher. Did you ever teach before? I've taught a little bit. I've never really fully committed to teaching. Mm-hmm. Like I've never had my own students. When I was younger, I taught learn to skate classes a little bit. Okay. And right now I'm teaching a tiny bit, but it's hard to have your own students when my schedule's kind of yeah. you know up in the air if I pick up and leave for six months at a time mm-hmm. it's not entirely fair to the students no for sure so like how what are like the steps you take to become like a professional figure skater like what it like um is there certain requirements that you need to like do that so I think the word professional figure skater might seem different than what you would think. There's not any like certifications or specific tests you need to pass to become mm-hmm. a professional. Basically what a pro means is that you're no longer competing and you are getting paid to skate now. Okay. So if you skate in any ice show and you get paid, you're now a professional considered. Because when you compete, even if you go to the Olympics, you're Mm -hmm. technically, quote unquote, an amateur, even though they're very much not an amateur. So like you said, you went to the Youth Olympics. How did you get to that stage? It was kind of crazy because when we got the email about it, we thought it was spam Mm because we never (laughs) heard of it before. Uh, But basically the requirements were, or like to be eligible, you had to have gone to nationals the year before and there was an age range. Okay. And I fell under that category. So then I had to send in like all my sizing for like Olympic gear and everything. And they basically just kind of watched how I did that entire season. Um, and then they selected me to represent Team USA as the only singles girl skater. That's so cool. Um, so because it was in Austria, do they like pay for like your flights and like stay and everything? Yeah, they paid for everything. They provided housing. We stayed in the Olympic Village, which was so, so, so cool. They basically gave us the flights. We just had to show up and they sent us a humongous box of gear that we had to bring to obviously wear around mm-hmm. uh, opening and closing ceremonies, practice ice, all of that. But it was unreal. I wish I had a vlog back then because Honestly, yeah, I would love to see that. I would have loved to look back at all those memories. I have pictures, but it was on like, you know, a 12 megapixel yeah. <laughs> <digital> camera. <laughs> that's so funny, but that's so cool. Like not everyone gets to say that they went to the Olympics. So, right. Yeah, it was for sure an amazing experience. <laughs> so this is something that really interests me. When did you start working on a cruise ship and what made you want to start your figure skating career path on a cruise ship? So I started, I've only so far, I've only done one contract on mm-hmm. a cruise ship. Um, so I started my first contract August of 2019. 
So I graduated college in May of 2019, and then I had a couple months to prepare. And then I left. Um, my contract actually ended the same day the country shut down. So timing okay. was immaculate, I guess, yeah. for me in that sense. And as far as knowing that I wanted to skate on a cruise ship, it wasn't really in my thought process initially, because I always thought I would do like Disney on ice or maybe Mm -hmm. another kind of tour. I didn't know that that was as great of an opportunity as it was. And my coaches actually told me a bit about it because they had a couple of their students do the shows on the ship. So yeah, once I heard from them, because I really value their opinion and I trust their guidance, I kind of just went with it. Yeah, no. Um, so what was the process like applying for a job like this? Were there like auditions? Was it just interviews? Like walk us through that. So I had to put together an audition tape, which was basically a show program showcasing some of my best elements. So jumps and spins. And it also gave the casting director kind of an idea of how I can express myself to music Mm -hmm. and how I can interpret music on the ice Uh, and then I also included other skating skills so they can see you know if I can handle the choreography and all that and then I also had to send in a paper resume so sort of like a I mean sort of like any other job you Mm -hmm. send in a resume of all your accomplishments but This resume had nothing to do with previous jobs I had. It was all skating accomplishments, places that I've competed and where I ended up in the group. And I did also throw in my uh, education in there, but Mm -hmm. it's more just focused on your skating accomplishments. So I sent that in and I had a very short phone interview and then I was offered the position. That's so cool. So there was nothing like in person that you had to do? For the cruise ships, no, because they hire people from all over the world. Okay. So it would be really difficult to fly someone in for an audition. I know with Disney on Ice, you can do in-person live auditions so they can see Mm -hmm. you skate in front of them. But for the cruise ships, I didn't have to do that. So cool. So like what's a typical day like day in the life on a cruise ship? So it's kind of, it depends on if it's a port day or a sea day. So I'll just walk you through a sea day. So we usually had ice shows on a sea day. So usually I would wake up around like 7.30 just to get going because I don't really love to sleep in. Um, And I'd have some breakfast with my cast in the crew mess, which is like kind of like a cafeteria for the crew members. And then I would love to walk on the track with my coffee, get some fresh air, see daylight because I don't have a porthole in my cabin. I don't (laughs) see daylight when I wake up. Um, and then I would usually start with hair and makeup before warm up ice for the ice show if we had like an afternoon show schedule. So I would do all that and then I would do my presets, which are basically like all your costumes you have. You have to set them up on your little spot in backstage so that when you have quick changes, you just have them ready to go and you can mm-hmm. pull on. Um, so I did all that and then I would warm up for the show. And then we'd have a bit of time before uh, call time for notes. So I would probably go back to the jogging track with like a book and some music and just sit and read or just look at the water because it's so peaceful and like 
I had to pinch myself sometimes. <laughs> I was like, this is how I prep for to go work. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it's definitely not the typical retail job. Right. But yeah, that's that's what I would do preparing for the show. And then we would have two shows and they would be about 45 minutes long. So we'd have like an hour in between each show. Mm-hmm. I'd grab like a snack in between or a Red Bull because I, you know, energy, quick energy. <laughs> yeah. And then after the shows, we would either have all skates, which is basically like public skating for the guests. So we would provide them the rental skates and like click them in for whatever session they Mm -hmm. signed up for, or we would do spotlighting for the other production shows. So there was uh, Mamma Mia, which was like a musical. And then Mm -hmm. there was also the Aqua show. So we would do spotlights for whichever show we were like on the schedule for. So the shows that you did, were they like specific themes or like, what were they like? And like, was it the same ones each day that you did them or were they different themes each day? So our show or our ship, I'm sorry. Our ship specifically, we just had one ice show. So it was the same show every single time. Other ships within the fleet might have two shows. So like one day they might do show A and then the next Mm -hmm. day it's show B. So there's a little bit of variety for the guests. And it also does depend on itinerary because if there's, you know, a 14 day cruise you can't show the same ice show yeah. 10 times. You got to yeah. have something else for them to watch. So yeah, we only had one though. Okay. And you said you were gone for six months. So for those six months, was it like you were on the boat all the time or were there times where like, I don't know where it docks, but like when it would dock, would you like be in a hotel or were you on the ship like for six months at a, consecutively? I lived on the ship the entire time. I never had an overnight in any of the ports. Okay. Sometimes they have those, but our itinerary, we didn't have any overnights, but we could get off the ship when we had a port day. Mm-hmm. So we could, you know, get off, sign off and do whatever we wanted for the time being, as long as we were back on board by whatever time it was. Okay. So the, basically the ship that you were on, is it like, does it go to the same destinations each time or? We had it switched a couple of times throughout the contract, but usually there was kind of a schedule. We would go to pretty much the same ports every week. Okay. It would change slightly, like maybe week one, we would go to Puerto Rico, Mexico, and Labadee, which is Royals private island in Haiti. And then maybe the week after we would go to the same two ports and then the last port would be somewhere else. Okay. But it was all like the Eastern Caribbean and we went to the same place multiple times. So I got to know each port very well. Mm -hmm. So when you're on a ship, like, are you always working or are there times you're like safe at ports somewhere? Are you able to like get off and like go explore or did you have to stay on? I was very, very fortunate because we get a lot of time off because we don't always have ice shows. Mm -hmm. And again, if you have so many ice shows, chances are the last however many aren't going to have anyone in the audience if they've already seen the show. So I was very fortunate that I had a lot of time off to myself, but I also would go to the gym if we were on board and I wasn't working. That's technically part of my job is keeping up my shape and, and, you know, in peak condition. But we did have a lot of time to go explore the ports. Most of the time we didn't have our other side jobs while we were in a port. Mm-hmm. But I know like a lot of other positions like food and beverage and housekeeping, they work a lot more hours than we do. 
That's crazy. So right now with COVID, there is obviously no cruises taking place, unfortunately. Um, so what are you doing to keep yourself busy and to keep yourself ready for when things can start opening back up? I currently am not really technically working. I am coaching a little bit. I've been working with one girl at the rink. I got to choreograph her program for her, okay. which has been really, really fun and rewarding. Um, so I'm working with her quite a bit and I want to get more into coaching a bit while I am home. Um, but my main focus while I'm home is YouTube. I'm just grinding, like creating content nonstop because I have all this extra time to do that. And I'm also skating quite a lot to keep up all my elements and to be in my best shape so that I'm ready to go whenever that is. I don't know when it will be, but hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, I've heard um, some places are like hoping to start back in the summer. I don't know how realistic that is, obviously, because every day is like a new day. Right. And you're hearing something different every day. Something else yeah. comes out. But I think with the vaccines, too, it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how long it'll take to get the ball rolling. Yeah, for sure. So when you are able to go back, will it be like the same um, ship and destinations or do you have to like reapply? How does it work? I don't have to reapply, but I do not know what ship or the location I'll end up because every ship kind of has a different home port mm-hmm. and it can it can vary season to season. But also I did have an assignment back in June. So I don't know if I'm going to be sent to that ship or if okay. I'll be sent back to the one I came from because I'm familiar with it or if it'll be, you know, out of left field and it'll be an entirely different ship. Well, I'm looking forward to that and <laughs> looking forward to those vlogs too. I know you and me both. <laughs> yeah, like they were so fun to watch and like obviously I've never lived like on a cruise ship and I'm sure a lot of people will tell you this but like it literally reminds me of like the sweet life of Zach and Cody like on deck I don't remember what it was called but like I used to be like oh my gosh like I want to live on a ship so bad and then like seeing that like people actually do is like super cool it's I try to tell people it's like I mean it's the best job ever I love it so much but like everything goes not everything is sunshines and rainbows Mm -hmm. like there is things that suck about it but overall it's the the pros outweigh the cons by a ton Mm -hmm. and I mean I would not trade it for the world I always try to tell anyone if you're trying to travel if you're trying to find the easiest way to travel and still make money cruise ships is the answer because you're in a different country or like different port every day every other day yeah so what would you say is your favorite part about working on a cruise ship I would say I mean the travel is amazing Mm -hmm. but I would say just getting to meet so many other amazing people around the world. Like I have made lifelong friends, even just from one contract. And my parents say all the time, they're like, think about all the close friends you've already made just in this one contract. After you Mm -hmm. do this for so many years, like you're going to have friends all over the globe. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it's like really cool. Um, so like, if you think of like a career path with like figure skating and stuff, is your like goal to like stay on cruise ships or do you have like another type of goal to do too? I, I definitely want to have, I definitely want to do more contracts on a cruise ship mm-hmm. because I've only really gotten a taste. Yeah. Um, so I want to definitely do a few more of those, but I wouldn't be opposed to trying other contracts as well whether it's a land contract and it's just in one place Mm -hmm. or if it's a tour contract um 
I would really love to do Disney on Ice down the road as well. I mean, there's also a lot of other amazing tours throughout Europe. So, so I mean, I'm really, I'm really open to anything and I am definitely a planner, but you cannot plan your life. So I'm just trying to go with the flow. Awesome. So kind of transitioning into like your online presence. um, When did you start to post on your YouTube channel and what made you want to start creating online content? I think I started making YouTube videos probably junior or senior year of college was when I actually started. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't entirely consistent with it, but I definitely took it more seriously once I got to college. I just always wanted to have a YouTube channel. I always loved taking pictures and videoing everything. Mm-hmm. Like when VidStar was a thing, I was making videos with my friends all the time, or we would just make music videos for fun. Like, yes, same. You know, like friends would <laughs> yeah. come over and you would just like, let's make a music video. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. I don't know. Those were the best days, though. I know. So um, I've just always loved all creative aspects of filming and editing and all that and I watched a ton of YouTube so it was always in the back of my mind like oh I wish I could have a channel and eventually I was like you know what screw it I'm just gonna go for it <laughs> love that so were you ever scared to start a channel in fear of what others would think or say I think everyone kind of goes through that because as a whole I really don't care too much what people think about me because I'm just gonna do what makes me happy but mm-hmm. I think everyone kind of goes through that starting out especially you know, even five, six years before, like previously, social media wasn't as big as it is now. And yeah. influ- influencers aren't as accepted or weren't as accepted as they are now, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think I definitely did go through that. I was kind of worried that people from school would find my channel and make fun of me. But yeah. eventually I was like, you know what, if it makes me happy, I don't really care. And, you know, if they don't have enough hobbies or time on their hands, that's what they're, how they're spending their free time, then so be it. (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly. And I feel like nowadays, like everyone wants to like do Instagram, do YouTube and stuff. Like I've had people in high school who would like make fun of my channel, reach out to me and be like, oh, like love what you're doing. Like, are you able to help me with this? And I'm like, do you remember making fun of me or do you not? (laughs) I really didn't get that much backlash. I mean, people probably made fun of me behind my Mm -hmm. back. But there was really only like one boy who made fun of me and he would make vines about me. Like that was what his Mm -hmm. vine was all like him watching my videos. And I was like, if you're going to roast me, at least make them funny. Like they didn't even make sense. He's probably, he was your number one fan at that point. Like I feel like if you dedicate your whole time, yeah. And (laughs) if you dedicate your, like your whole online presence on vine to like one person, like you're a fan. You're a fan. Nope. But, (laughs) But yeah, there was like a lot of people that, probably were like oh my god I can't believe she's doing this and now they're like oh my god you're collabing with so-and-so can you get me free products Mm -hmm. and I'm like "Mm, no (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean it's better now um so if anyone's listening and they want to start something and they're scared to like honestly everyone wants to do it and people will think you're cool people either are jealous of you or they're like like they want to be you or they're just very, very insecure in themselves and they're not happy with their lives. It has yes. nothing to do with you. It's all, it has everything to do with them. Yes. Um. So what do you film and edit with? So I have two cameras. Most of my videos, I use my vlog camera, which is a Canon G7X. 
I love that camera and I love that it has a flip up feature, but I think anyone starting could start with an iPhone, mm-hmm. but I also use my Canon T7i, which is a DSLR, but I really only use that camera for sit down videos. Okay. Awesome. And then editing. Did you say editing too? Yeah. Yeah. I just use iMovie for editing. Honestly, there's a lot of loopholes you can use. And like, uh, I use Canva a lot for mm-hmm. like green screen overlays and stuff like that. If you do you know, research online, you can find a lot of cool hacks. Yes. Yeah. And even YouTube, like I've learned so many ways to edit just because of YouTube, like same, use it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how do you make your thumbnails? I mean, yesterday on our clubhouse (laughs) call that we have um, every week, we were talking about thumbnails and literally like when we were talking about it, I was looking at my thumbnails. I'm like, oh my God, I need to change these. Like now they look like crap to me like Wait, it literally got me so inspired when we were me talking too. about <laughs> me too. I was like rip apart my channel like I never even once thought oh yeah my thumbnails uh-uh, not very clickable like mm-hmm. they're not cute because I put effort into them like Same, I would put yeah. a filter on them I thought that the font looked cute I thought that because I was you know putting a lot on a thumbnail that yeah it was good but sometimes you need someone else to say it yes because you just like you have your blinders on you don't even realize but then once once Ollie said that I couldn't unsee it and I was like Mm -hmm. we are scratching everything we're starting over no that was literally me like I was looking at my thumbnails and I was like I wouldn't even want to click on this if I didn't know like who like if if it wasn't me and I was like then I was looking at all the like YouTubers that I follow that are like bigger and their thumbnails are so like simple that's what I was saying I was like why why (laughs) am I making mine so complicated is he when I myself click on videos that yeah. are thumbnails and I don't think I realized that until he was talking about it like I just like I would see like one person have a thumbnail like the one I did and I was like okay that's good I guess because they're doing it but I would like barely ever click on those right. ones I know I love sharing information with like other creators and getting inspiration same. and like constructive criticism you know what I mean yeah same um, so you currently have 13,000 subscribers. I'm going to start that over. <laughs> you currently have 13,000 subscribers, which is amazing. Um, was this more of a gradual, gra- oh, I can't speak. <laughs> was this more of a gradual growth or did they come from like viral videos? I would say it was definitely more of a gradual, gradual growth. Well, I can't speak either. <laughs> I never really had, I've had a few viral videos, but I've never really had like, this is the reason why I have all these mm-hmm. subscribers. Like this is a viral video that got me where I am. Yeah. It was definitely like a slow burner and I'm like still slowly growing, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's almost better that way because you're growing a following that is like a very loyal following yeah. and people that are actually subscribing because they like your content, not just because they found one video that blew up and then they expect every video to be like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? And they won't yeah. watch anything else. Yeah, no, I feel that. So when you post a video, how do you kind of like promote it when it goes live? So I like to premiere my videos because I feel like it's more engaging because I you know, hop on while the video is premiering and I'll chat with any of my viewers who are watching. So I'll set a premiere, which will give anyone subscribed that has their notifications on like a notification that I have a video posting the next day. And so I'll do that. And then I'll also cross promote on Instagram and I'll, you know, take the thumbnail and put it into a story Or sometimes I'll even take like the little teaser video that's at the very beginning Mm -hmm. of the vlog or whatever it is and also put that on my story because that kind of 
draws people in if they want to see more. I've seen a lot of people do like little short bits on TikTok too. I mean, you were saying that you did day in the lives of Vlogmas. Yeah. I think that that's really cool because you can see like, oh, this is just a tiny snippet of my day. If you want to see my full day, go to my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think something I'm going to work on is trying to do like vlogs, like mini short vlogs for TikTok. Yeah. I'm trying to do that too. Cause like during Vlogmas, I did post like every day and it was actually really easy because like for TikTok you literally could take like two seconds of each thing and then it's like a video so I highly suggest doing that yeah I gotta I gotta get on that I just (laughs) got on the reels thing so yes yes we love reels um so do you have any tips for people who may be listening and are struggling to grow their channels so I would say I mean everyone says it but it's true is consistency Mm -hmm. is key that is the key to anything in life if you're trying to grow your channel or you're trying to perfect uh, a hobby or improve in anything in life like you just have to be consistent you have to keep going so I would say try to find a schedule that works for you um because like we kind of talked about yesterday the YouTube algorithm loves consistency and it loves to see you post the same time on the same days Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll push your content out more and yeah if you do that I think that'll definitely help you another thing is try to we were kind of talking about this also on Clubhouse I swear Clubhouse is the (laughs) best the was it the 30% rule is that what Devin was saying yeah Yeah. So the 30% rule is like 30% of your content is stuff that you specifically just really enjoy creating. And then another 30% is content that, you know, your viewers really love to watch. So like, if you notice that certain videos on your channel are doing better than others, then that's probably something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Like, Okay. This does really well on my channel. So I have to, you know, keep creating content that's like this. Maybe it doesn't have to be the only thing you post but if you still create videos kind of involving that um and then the third what was the other 30 percent it was like like something like a like something you know will do well on yeah. YouTube. like a kind of like trends video. and stuff yeah yeah so you have to kind of keep in mind like any trends that are happening on YouTube because there's always something going on mm-hmm. and then finding a way to give it your own twist and make it authentic to you not like oh I'm just doing this because it's viral and everyone's yeah. doing it yeah Love that. So would you ever want to be a full-time YouTuber? Absolutely. I'm like, that is my goal. (laughs) I mean, I have a whole bunch of passions and careers that I would like to pursue, but because I just, I love YouTube so much and I love content creation so much and I'm already doing it Mm -hmm. the same amount of time that it would be for a full-time job. Yeah. Probably more. I'm probably spending more hours on YouTube (laughs) than I would if I was working a full-time 40 hour Mm -hmm. a week job. So I would love to do that because it's something I'm passionate about. It's fun and I'm already doing it now. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see when that happens. You and me both, (laughs) we're both going to, we're both. Yes. Manifesting that. (laughs) Um, So the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I picked two of my favorite ones. So the first one is what was the coolest place you visited while working on a cruise ship? Coolest place. I would have to say Spain. We only got one port day in Spain because Uh, we were basically in the Caribbean the entire contract Mm -hmm. but the very very end of the contract we cross crossed over to Europe 
and I signed off in Barcelona. So I got one port day in Malaga, Spain. And that was my first time ever in Spain. And I, I had so much fun. It was probably one of the best days of my life. Love that. Yeah. I definitely want to go back to Spain. Have you been, you've been to Barcelona, right? Or no, no, last summer I was supposed to go on my first cruise and I was supposed to go to France, Italy, and Spain. And then it got canceled. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you still got that travel credit? Um. So basically the, the day that we canceled it, because like, it wasn't officially canceled, but like the the day we had to pay the full thing was like in April and obviously COVID was not doing good. And like the trip was in like two months. So we canceled it the right. day before. So we didn't technically pay everything yet. So like oh, we got the deposit right. okay, back and everything. Wait. So you definitely told me this before. Now. I yeah. Remember. So at least, at least that, but yeah, I was supposed to like, I would never been to Europe or anything. And I was like so excited. And then life happened <laughs> there's a whole lot of travel coming our way sooner or later. yes I already like told myself like even for like concerts anything like I'm never gonna like second guess it I'm just gonna go if I want to go somewhere right because you <laughs> never know what shit's mm-hmm. gonna hit the fan yeah sorry that's what I this on this channel yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> no that that's what like this taught me that like I'm not saying no to shit anymore because I'm doing what I want to do now because I don't know if it'll ever get taken away from me again exactly don't second guess just full send yes yes <laughs> um and the last question I have for you is who are some of your favorite creators um I have a lot um but off the top of my head some of my favorite are Tara Michelle who I got to meet on my contract actually it's so cool so cool um Tess Christine mm-hmm um, and she's pregnant right now. She's yes, I know. So I can't pregnant. wait for her oh baby. Oh my God, her and Patrick are so precious. Um, and then our queen, Emma Chamberlain. Yes, I am obsessed with Emma. And I can't believe like she literally blew up in one summer. I know like, because it's crazy. sometimes her like her older videos from two years ago, which wasn't even that long ago, are on like my homepage mm-hmm. is recommended, even though I've already watched them. And I'm like, oh my god I can't believe how like far she's come even yeah. since then from two yeah. years ago she was huge two years ago mm-hmm. no it's so. absolutely crazy yeah awesome well that's all I had for you today so thank you so much again for coming on the podcast before you leave do you want to shout out any of your socials um so people can go find you yeah if you want to you know find me on youtube it's just my full name so jordan bouth it's b-a-u-t-h and then all my social media handles are just at jbouth so j-b-a-u-t-h awesome well thank you so much again Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really, really, really do hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you didn't know who Jordan was already, I hope you got to learn about a new creator, a new athlete, and I hope you follow along on her journey. She's amazing. I would love to have you all go support her and show her some love. If you want to show some love to me and support me, please don't be shy. I would love that. You can go follow me on Instagram either at Behind the Girl Boss or at It's Amanda Wan. And you can also subscribe and follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And if it by chance be Apple Podcasts, do not forget to give a review. It really does help. There's no algorithm for podcasting. So this is the only literal way that it can help my podcast through the podcast algorithm. So don't forget to leave a review. You can also go follow me on YouTube. It's Amanda Wan. I post lifestyle and college content on there. And other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed and I will hear you next time.